Hello and welcome to the Messages and Methods Livecast Life 2.0 Livestream Podcast hosted by Encore Entrepreneurs, Shelley Carney and Toby Yunus. We inspire excitement for content creation and marketing your brand and business while answering all your technology and digital marketing questions. Join us as we interview experts who share their knowledge and experience to provide actionable tips to land more clients, nurture leads, and position yourself as an expert in your industry. Chat with Shelly and Toby every Wednesday on YouTube or Facebook. Hello and welcome. Today we are (laughs) having a very interesting day. Number one, it's snowing. And uh, I'm I'm in my own home. And then we have a guest and Toby's camera's not working. But you know what? We're going to stay with it. And we're going to troop on through. So hello and welcome to Messages and Methods. I'm your host, Shelley Carney. And today we have a very special guest, Tim Fitzpatrick. And he will be sharing with us all about digital marketing. Toby is joining us by audio. So those of you listening on the podcast will still... Uh, not notice a big difference in uh, so hi Toby <laughs> hi so I'm not sure if that was a night you're not going to notice a big difference because usually I'm more abundant anyway but before we get started first of all I wanted to apologize I have literally no idea why my camera decided not to work five minutes before the show started uh, but before Shelly gets started with the question and I'm just going to act as a producer on the show like I do for our other clients uh, so I'll be in the background for most of the show. I may pop in with a follow-on question as Shelly goes through her questions. A couple of things I want to mention. Number one, I do want to talk about our new book. It was just released on Amazon uh, on uh, the 1st, February 1st. It's called Women in Podcasting, The Messages and Meth- Methods Interviews. And it's based on the interviews that Shelly conducted at the uh, She Podcast Live conference Um in October of last year. And uh, you've seen some of these on our podcast. You've heard some of these on our podcast and you've seen us talking about them. Uh, But we finally got the book compiled and it's out on Amazon. I will post a link not only in the chat room later on in the program, but also in the description box below. So if you'd like to go visit it, you can get it either in a paperback or Kindle version and it's Kindle Unlimited. So if you do have Kindle Unlimited, the book is free. Um, The second thing I wanted to mention uh, today is that uh, this is the first in a series of about 20 interviews that we're gonna conduct over the next 20 weeks. And we're gonna ask each of our digital marketing experts the same set of questions. And then we're gonna compile and publish that into a book as well. So that's the that may not be the next book. We have one planned before that, but you will see that book in the May, June timeframe as we go through the same process with that. Um, and then I will be handling uh, production duties, uh, from behind the scenes and I'll keep my mic on so that if I have a question for Tim, I'll pop it in and I'll try not to interrupt the conversation. All right, Shelly, back to you. Okay. So uh, yeah, that's where we're at today. We have that book out and if you are interested, the uh, link is in the crawl or you can go to books.agkmedia.studio and check out that new book. And we are very excited to get started on interviews for our next book, all about digital marketing and building visibility and credibility in the, in the new era. So 
Tim. First, let's get started with you. This is Tim Fitzpatrick. He's from Rialto Marketing. And uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself and your business and what you do there. Sure. Uh, thanks for having me, <coughs> Shelly and Toby. So my my business, uh, and this will help kind of preface the rest of the questions that we ask. So uh, we we do certainly get involved in digital marketing, but our space where we really play is in the fundamentals of marketing, target market, your message to that market and your plan to get that out. Um, and what we put in plans is a lot of different aspects of digital marketing, but we, uh, we don't get involved in a lot of implementation. So we're not the type of company that's uh, posting your social media and creating a bunch of content for you. We're driving the strategy. Um, so I may have a slightly different take on some things than some of the other people that you end up interviewing as you as you move through this. But I'll do my best to make sure that the first one is starts it off with a bang. How's that? Yeah, that's what we're looking forward to, because uh, we can't we cannot move on until we have the fundamentals in place. Is that right? That is right. I, I always say the the fundamentals lay the foundation for you to build the rest of your your house from. And the fundamentals in any discipline, I don't care whether it's marketing or hitting a baseball, those fundamentals are the same today as they were 50 years ago, and they're going to be the same 50 years from now. They're immutable. They do not change. Tell us what those fundamentals are. I look at the marketing fundamentals. I call them the marketing strategy trilogy. So it, again, it's, it's your target market and who your ideal clients are within that market. It, not everybody in your target market is going to be a good client for you. I think many of us have <laughs> found that out the hard way. We need to identify who those ideal clients are within our market and really understand them. Once we understand them, then we can identify where they are, where they congregate, and that's where we need to be with the second step, which is our message. What do we say? How do we communicate our value and what we do? And then we have to have a plan of how we're going to get that message in front of those people. Those are the three fundamentals as far as I'm concerned. Target market, your your message, and what's your plan to get that message in front of those people. Excellent. Um, let's go back on, in time just a bit. And uh, let's talk about what did you learn about digital marketing in the last two years? Oh, man, there's so many different. There's obviously been a lot of changes uh, in the market the last few years. Certainly the realization for a lot of business owners of, oh my gosh, I haven't been investing enough in my online presence and my digital marketing, and now I need to. Um, the thing that has really hit home for me the last few years is look, the tactics, marketing tactics change all the time. Mm. They are constantly changing. There's always new things, even, you know, hey, something that's been working for you on social media or with content may not always work. And you're always going to have to evolve. What always hits home for me is how consistent the fundamentals are. And I already touched on this. The fundamentals don't change. The tactics do. And the last two years have really highlighted that. What are some of the tactics that we've seen in the past few years that have been working for people? Um, man, uh, that's, a, that's a very open-ended question. There's a lot of things that are working. But if I look at, um, you know, from a, most of the people we work with are service-based. They're selling their expertise, coaches, consultants, professional service providers. Content has continued to work 
time and time again. If you want to build credibility, authority within your space, you have to be producing content in some way, shape, or form. Um, so uh, that's something that I'm seeing. There obviously has been, before the pandemic started, I was doing a lot of in-person speaking. Mm. That obviously has shifted. So, uh, you know, guest podcasting, uh, doing what I'm doing right right now, uh, has become a really popular uh, tactic for people to use. Uh, it's one of my favorite things to do. Um, so, but I also look at guest podcasting. It's just another form of content. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So those are working really well. There's a lot of people doing online summits. Uh, mm. Challenges have become really uh, big for people as well. So um, those are some of the things that I'm seeing that are, that are, are popular, that are working. Okay. And how will digital marketing for entrepreneurs, and we're speaking specifically today, and these are the clients that you work with and that we work with, are entrepreneurs and small business owners who are doing business uh, mostly online. But how will digital marketing for entrepreneurs and small business owners change in the next 12 months? Break out my crystal ball, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I think the, I touched on this just a minute ago, the, obviously with the pandemic, there's been a huge pivot to online and digital. I think that that's just going to continue. Uh, so I don't think it's going to get any less. I think digital is going to be continue to become more and more important. Um, the other thing I think from a content perspective, video content is, I think it's super important. So many people are consuming video. People have been consuming video for a long time, but, you know, especially with the advent, you know, with TikTok, uh, Instagram reels, short form vertical video uh, is becoming really, really popular. So I, the online and digital shift is going to continue to happen. I think the importance of video content is going to continue to get greater and greater. I do. Uh, I I totally agree with you, of course. Uh, we're in the same page here. But um, what Toby and I experienced was last week, we tried reaching out, going to an in-person networking event, and it was it was just not the same. Yeah. I, you know, he and I were like, this is not safe. Uh, let's not stay. I don't, you know, I don't want to shake hands. I want to wear a mask. I, you know, and I just I feel like we're not ready to go back in person yet. And we may never be uh, any time in the near future, at least. So we need to start, you know, finding those things that, um, that, that, that work that are not in person because we just have still have these fears. I think. I think it depends on, look there, depending on where you live uh, and even no matter where you live, there are people that are more comfortable getting back to quote unquote normal than others. Um, I think the important thing is no matter where you fall on the spectrum, you can still do business. Um, I, before the pandemic, I was doing a lot of stuff virtually already. So it wasn't a huge shift. What I think it has done is make virtual that much more acceptable. And at least what I found it is far more efficient. Like it is not in most cases, it is just not an efficient use of my time 
to spend 30 minutes driving somewhere, sitting in a meeting for an hour or two, and then driving back again when I could have done that same thing virtually. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't, I'm not going to say that virtual can replicate everything face-to-face. It cannot. There's, there's absolutely, there are certain things face-to-face that you just can't do virtually, but dang, I, I'm a hell of a lot more efficient now than I was before. So I'm, I want to keep going down that path. So for me, it's like, if I don't have to meet face to face, I'm not going to meet face to face. What do you see is the most prevalent obstacle when it comes to digital marketing, especially for your clients? Information overload. So I think there are so many people that are just battling information overload when it comes to marketing. And as a result, they're just, they're just not sure what the heck the next best step is for them. What step do I need to take to get where I want to go? There's too much information coming at me. It is overwhelming. And when we're in that place, we, we just feel like we can't even make a decision. But what we need to do is make a decision so that we can move forward. Uh, because here, here's the thing, digital marketing, we can, any marketing, frankly, we can take what we know has worked in the past and put it out there. There are frameworks, there are systems, there are templates that have worked really well, but that doesn't necessarily mean that those are going to work for you with what you're doing. So we're testing all the time. So the longer it takes for you to make a decision, the longer it's going to take you to start to see results and get the information that you need to make actionable decisions. So that's the biggest obstacle I see. Information overload that is preventing people from making the decisions they need to make so that they can start taking action. Mm, Yeah. There's too many choices and which one's going to work for me. I don't know. And (laughs) there is a lot. That's right. Um, what should a prospective client have in place in their business before you may best help them with digital marketing? For me, it's really about mindset more than anything else. I mean, we we work with we primarily work with B2B service-based businesses, but they could be just starting out, they could be, you know, low six figures wanting to get up into multiple six figures, or they could be in seven figures and needing to, wanting to get into multiple seven figures. We can meet them where they're at, but our best clients, it's really a mindset. Like they view marketing as an investment in their business, not an expense because if people view things as an expense, it's very easy to cut. They, they're already in that frame of mind where they're like, I, marketing is something I need to do. I'm willing to make that investment in my business. And I know that I need help to do it effectively. Though the people that have that mindset tend to be our best clients. That's right. Mindset is one of those foundational things, right? Yeah. Um, tell our listeners, do you have a story about what you learned from working with a recent client? Yeah, I wouldn't say it's so much what I learned as it was a a strong reminder uh, mm-hmm. for me, because I think it's very easy. I think a lot of us lose sight of this. So this particular client was a nutritionist, and we were working with her on messaging, creating her message to her to her prospects and clients. And part of that process is actually interviewing existing and past clients. 
Sometimes we'll do it for them. Sometimes the client will do it themselves. And then they'll come to the brainstorming session with all this information, armed with all this information. Well, in her case, she did the interviews. She interviewed eight people. Um, not only did it open, it always opens people's eyes because we can't think objectively about our business. And oftentimes when we ask the right questions to our clients, it's like, oh my gosh, why didn't I think of that? Like, that makes so much sense. Um, she had those types of ahas, but one of the things that happened that I thought was fascinating was she said, you know, look, Tim, I reached out to eight past clients. In doing these interviews, three of them decided to start working with me again. Mm -hmm. So those three clients paid more than paid for the engagement. Now, I, I don't want to make it sound like that happens every time, but the reminder for me was that, damn, we need to keep top of mind and find ways to keep in touch with our past and our current clients. And a lot of businesses just drop the ball on that. Mm. And there is so much, there is so much revenue out there in that part of our, our business. We got to stay in front of people. That makes sense. Yeah. And reach back out to those people that we used to work with because that's <laughs> the low hanging fruit, isn't it? It's very low hanging fruit. <laughs> How does a website affect marketing success in your opinion? Um, it's, it is the hub. So think about a hub and spoke model. The, the website is the hub. Everything you do from a marketing perspective is driving people back to your website. So, you know, a lot of people that we talk to, there's plenty of businesses out there that are, they're hundred percent referral, right? And if some people wear it with a badge, like, oh, I'm hundred percent, hundred percent referral. I don't need to worry. I don't need to worry about this digital marketing stuff. Um, here's the problem. Even if your business is 100% referral, if your website sucks and somebody goes there and it looks like it was built in 1999, you are losing referral business. You're losing referrals, frankly. Um, and you don't even know. Mm. Because most of us, you know, if, you know, if somebody said to me, hey, you need, Tim, you need to work with Shelly. Shelly does a great job. Here's what she's doing. Am I going to email you or call you first? Most people, absolutely not. Where's the first place they go? Online. Let me check out Shelly's website. What's going on? Mm, I don't know. This isn't building warm and fuzzy feelings for me. Why the heck did this person refer me to Shelly? Right? That looks bad for the person that referred you. So they're going to stop referring you if that happens. And that person never reach out, reaches out to you because they didn't like what they saw. Mm. They're vetting you before they even reach out. If they don't like your website, they aren't going to go check out your social media either. The, your website's the first place they're going. Then they might start to check out some of your reviews, some of your social media. Your online presence is helping build and establish your credibility. Your website is the hub of that. Everything you do from a marketing perspective Online and offline is driving people back to your website. So if it's not right, the rest of your marketing is not going to be either. What, uh, other than looking very old fashioned, what, do you, what uh, drives you away from people and what drives you towards them? What do you like to see on a website and what is the thing that you absolutely should not be seeing? The message right? The message, I will take a 
less, uh, you know, a, a design that doesn't look quite as pretty and a clear message than a website that looks beautiful, right? There's tons of people that can make a website look pretty. The messaging is what does all the work. So if you don't have a clear message that guides people through a clear journey that gets them to take the action that you want them to take, your website is going to fall short. Most people from a messaging standpoint, the biggest mistake people make is they talk too much about themselves. Mm. Like if you're listening to this, go pull up five of your competitors' websites and just look at what they're talking about. Most people talk about themselves. Our customers could care less about us. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, we, God, it sucks to think that, but they don't care. What do they care about? They care about the problem that they have that they want to get solved. Can we help them solve that problem and get to where they want to be? Our message, if you take nothing away from this conversation, the messaging on your website needs to focus on your customer and not you. If you do that, you will be in much better shape than you are now. Okay. Well, I see Toby's showing up. Toby, do you have any uh, questions or anything you wanted to add at this point or should we go forward? Yeah, let's go forward. I will uh, pick up my part of the questioning once. Go ahead and ask this one, and then I'll follow up. All right. Uh, how does social media figure into successful marketing? Oh, boy. So um, here's the first thing I'm going to say with this. I think too many people look at all the marketing channels that are out there and feel like they need to be everywhere. You do not need to be everywhere to be successful but you do need to pick the right places. I think social media uh, is not just one thing. SEO, content, and social media go hand in hand at this point. It is very difficult to not have all of those in place if you want an effective digital marketing strategy. With social media, I think it is really important to start, too many people think about, oh, I, you know, I need to be on Facebook, I need to be on Instagram and LinkedIn and TikTok, and they spread themselves too thin. I think the best place to start with social is to choose the social media platform that has a few characteristics. One, the content type resonates with you and you like it because you're going to be spending time on there. So if you don't like spending time on there, you're not going to do a great job. But two, your ideal clients need to be there. Now, I think it's pretty fair to say that the most social media channels at this point are pretty established. I think a subset of your market is going to be on any social channel at this point, but take those into account. You can also look at what channels seem to be working really well for your, your competitors. What channels are they getting good in or in good engagement on their social posts? All three of those things are going to help guide you to the channel that you should focus on. I think you are better off going narrow and deep in one channel first before you start to expand out. But I think it's really difficult to generate consistent leads without having social in part of your plan. Uh, before we get to the next question, I do want to mention that, uh, that we have uh, posted Tim's website onto into the chat room and i'll continue throughout the remainder of the show to uh, show it up uh, under the screen uh, it's uh, tim's at uh, rialtomarketing.com and if you want to see a well-built and very efficient website um, i'll strongly recommend that you go visit him uh, there all right uh, so tim uh, how can we use email marketing 
uh, as a tool to increase the number of engagements that we have with our clients? I love this question because I think email marketing is super low hanging fruit from most businesses. But I still talk to a lot of businesses that are not taking advantage of email marketing. Email marketing is inexpensive, takes a little bit of time to, to set up, but it is one of the best ways to capture leads and to then nurture those leads and to nurture. One of the things I touched on in the earlier question was staying in front of current and past clients. Email is a fantastic way to do that. So if you are not using email marketing, put it in place. There are so many different email marketing platforms that are out there. Uh, I think most of them are, are pretty good, especially if you're just starting out, they're going to meet your needs. But what you need to do is start the best time to start building an email list was like 10 years ago, but the second best isn't right now. So start building your email list. How do you build your email list? You need to figure out something of value that you can offer free in exchange for somebody's name and email address. And you start putting it out there. That's it. That's the easiest place to start. Start building the list. And then the second thing you want to do is figure out what you are going to send to that list on a consistent basis to help support them, educate, serve, add value to them. That's the easiest place to start. But what I, we use Active Campaign. I think for less than 500 subscribers, I think Active Campaign is somewhere uh -huh. around 15 to $20 a month. Uh -huh. um, most of them are in that range. So, I mean, for 15 to $20 a month, that is like, that is the best money you can invest in your marketing out of any tactic, I would say. If you're not using it, spend the money now and start doing it. I want to add a couple of uh, comments to what Tim just said. Uh, number one, I, uh, we use MailChimp, and MailChimp is actually free uh, for up to 500 subscribers, I think. Is it 500 or 1,000, Charlie? I don't know. It okay. keeps changing. All right. I it's think recently it's purchased by another company, and, so they've been having some changes on that. Yes. Yeah. And the other thing I want to mention is don't be intimidated by the word the word free. Give away something free or give away. Uh, that giveaway can be some of your intellectual capacity in the form of content that you create. And there are lots of tools out there to help you take what's in your head and turn it into a viable piece of content that you can exchange for an email address. It's what we use. It's what probably Tim uses uh, in a lot of marketing professionals in the di digital marketing arena will continue to do that. So don't be intimidated by giving away something. The giving away is not one of your products or services. Uh, it could be just as easy as spending an hour with a prospective client. Um, so uh, work on the alternatives rather than, you know, a, yet another tchotchke. Shelly, back to you. Okay. Uh, in what ways are content creation and distribution a factor in marketing success? This piggybacks off of one of your last questions, Shelley. I, if you are in the expert space, you know, you're selling your expertise as part of your business, content is one of the best ways to establish that credibility and that authority within your space. So again, it's one of those things, I think you have to have an aspect of content marketing in your plan to have a well-rounded plan. Um, look, this doesn't have to be difficult. I think a lot of people 
look at content and think, oh my gosh, this is going to take too much time. Uh, you know, it really doesn't. Because um, guess what? Content doesn't have to be long. I mean, there are so many different questions. One of the biggest roadblocks I hear people talk about is I don't even know. I don't know what to talk about. Well, start with all the questions that people ask you day in, day out. That's an easy place to start. Um, another really easy place to start, there's a tool online called Answer the Public. You can go into Answer the Public and you can type in anything, like put in a keyword related to your industry and Answer the Public will give you, I don't it's like at least 200 different topic ideas related to that keyword. Once you get into this, you will not struggle to find topics. And uh, I think you guys already know this based on some of my previous answers. I'm really partial to video because it can be repurposed into all kinds of other content. And with video, I mean, gosh, you can shoot short form video from your smartphone it doesn't have to be professionally edited. That can be an awesome way to create content, but that content then can, can be sliced and diced into smaller video. It can be transcribed. You can put it into audio. So if you're just getting started out, um, I'm partial to video, but uh, if you don't like video, then you need to find a medium that works well for you, that resonates with you, and that's where you need to go. Okay. And um, I suppose, uh, what do you personally use for your business? What content is your number one go-to? Video. Yeah. <laughs> In all its forms. So yeah. we, I, you know, we, we have a podcast. That podcast, we're on StreamYard right now. We, we film on StreamYard. We stream live to a couple different social channels that video then gets repurposed into all of, not all, but a lot of our other content. We do still put out some written content on social media, um, but that video gets broken down into short form video clips. It gets repurposed into our podcast. It get, we transcribe it. So it gets, it goes written. And then we put that all into a blog post on our website. The blog post has the show notes, it's got the YouTube video, it's got the audio, the transcription, links. So there's so much, the reason I love video is there's so much leverage that we can get from it. But the other thing about video, especially Shelly, with what you were talking about before, like not meeting face-to-face -face, uh, as much as we used to, video is an awesome way to connect with people. I have never met you guys face-to-face but this is the second time that we, second time we've talked. Actually, I think last time you had something else going on. So this is the first time for me with you, Shelly, but it's the second time with Toby and I, we, we're seeing each other. We're getting to know each other. Video is this, the next best thing to face-to-face. -to -face, and that's another reason why I like it. It helps connect with people better than any other medium outside of face-to-face. And this may sound redundant now that you've answered in that way, but the question is, what are the best alternatives to face-to-face -to -face networking and other events? And the reason we came up with this question is, uh, as Shelley mentioned earlier, we were at a networking, we had been invited to a networking event, and we discovered within the first few minutes, this is not a place that we wanted to be. Yeah. <laughs> so so um, I know you're a big fan of kind of the things that we're doing and you're doing. Let's talk more about that. What are the alternatives to face-to-face -face marketing in yeah. your client? So uh, video content, obviously, that I've touched on is a great thing to do. There's a couple other things. 
that um, that we're doing that I think are really good substitutes face to face. Guest podcasting is another great way to network. Um, uh, most podcasters now are filming video as well as audio at the same time, but some of them are just audio. Um, but one of the most overlooked aspects of being interviewed on other people's podcasts is the networking aspect of it. Mo hosts have, most hosts have their own business. Their podcast is not the, their podcast is a marketing tactic for their business for most of them. So you're meeting other business owners. It is a great way to connect with people and get to know them. The other thing that I think is commonly overlooked is engaging on social media. Too many people look at social media and be like, well, you know, I've been posting on social media and nothing's working. Well, yeah, that's because it's social. You have to interact with people. You know, if you just put out content, that's like the, the, the dude that's at the networking event that just like talks about himself all the whole time and then wonders why people aren't engaging with them. So with social, we need, we need to put out content, right. That, that it, with the intention of attracting people, but we also need to engage. And there's all kinds of social media groups on Facebook, on LinkedIn. We need to get in those groups and start talking to people, comment on their posts, you know, reshare their stuff. People are building relationships within Facebook groups and LinkedIn groups just by interacting and commenting on people's stuff. And it's like, oh my gosh, I've seen Tim like comment for the last five days and gee, I like what he has to say. Let me go see what, what he's all about. Like, what the hell does Tim even do? And then they're like, oh gosh, he does X. I know somebody that has that problem or I actually have that problem now. Maybe I should interact with, maybe I should reach out to him. That's a great way. It's not face to face, but you are engaging and interacting with people. And there's plenty of ways that we can do that online. So the three that came top of mind when, when you guys posed this question were guest podcasting, engaging in social media groups, and creating video content. So I do want to add to the stream, uh, Tim mentioned that one of the best ways to uh, promote yourself is either by asking people to be on your podcast or live stream or volunteering to be on someone else's podcast uh, or live stream. We use a product or a website called Podmatch. I've posted that link in the uh, chat room. So if you're interested, if not on your, if you don't have a podcast, but you have a topic that you think would be interesting to others and you'd like to be on someone else's podcast, list yourself in Podmatch and people will find you and invite you to their uh, podcasts. Shall can, I give you, can I give you one more, Toby? Sure. List, Podmatch is awesome, by the way. Uh, Listen Notes is another one. ListenNotes.com. It is like Google search for podcasts. There, You can search by topic. You can search for specific podcasts. You can search for, like, if you put my name in there, you can actually see the various podcasts that I've been on. Um, there is so much cool information on there and is such an easy way to find all kinds of podcasts that might be a good fit for you to reach out to, to be on. All right. Well, we are listed on Listen Notes because uh, it is one of the places where you can upload your transcripts to get that additional SEO as well. So um, it's a great place to be even just for that. Uh, yeah, but... Um, while we're on the topic, if anybody is interested in interviewing any of the three of us, please do reach out because uh, we do also 
guest on podcasts. So if you want to talk more about digital marketing, live streaming, and uh, how to create content consistently, that's something that we can all speak to as well. So reach out to us for that. Um, let's move on to the next question. What do you recommend to attract digital media attention, such as podcasts, blogs, online magazines, and news outlets? So I'm assuming you're asking here, which of these channels should I be focusing on? Is that right? Well, how do you get that attention? Um, how do you become somebody that the news media and the bloggers yeah. and everybody's interested in talking to you? Uh, how do you become that level of and uh, notice. Yeah. So one, uh, I believe you need to create content uh, because content is what helps people get to know you and helps establish that credibility and authority. You have to be consistent. This is not a sprint. It is a marathon and you have to look at it as a long-term investment in your business. So look, I'm going to give you a perfect example. Um, and you can don't feel like you have to have this, you know, I got to have a book or I got to have, you know, have all this huge credibility to start getting placed in media. You do not. You just need to start taking the action. Toby mentioned it. Podmatch is a great place to connect with podcast hosts and get on people's podcasts to start to guest speak. In the beginning, you're not going to have a lot because you haven't done it. But over time, the more you do, the more comfortable you get, the more people are going to notice you. You have to start to, you know, look, nobody starts out and gets featured on, you know, MSNBC or, you know, whatever. You, uh, unless you already have a huge following, that's not going to happen. So you have to start somewhere, start to get those placements and build up that experience and you will get better and better media placements. But like, I'm just going to give you an example. When the pandemic started, I had done no podcasts guest podcast. I didn't have a podcast. I was doing in-person speaking. That was how we were generating a lot of leads. That obviously changed. So we had to shift online. We started a podcast and I started guest podcasting. Prior to that, I would say I had some of the same, you know, limiting beliefs with guest podcasting that a lot of people have, you know, oh, I've got to have huge credibility and be some star in my space. I need to have a book. I've got to have some rags to riches story. You don't have to have any of those things. You just have to have something that you can talk about that is going to add value to that podcast host audience and give them simple, actionable tips. And you have to take the action and start reaching out to people. It works. Okay. I, I've done probably a close to 150 guest podcast interviews since the pandemic started. And when it started, I had none. That's a lot. You're doing great. <laughs> so, uh, Tim, I know you do this for some of your customers. What marketing functions can we automate? You know, what what can we what can we use technology uh, on our behalf? How can we use technology on our behalf to automate some of those functions? And how do we do that? How where do we start? Yeah, there's. There, with marketing, there's a lot of opportunity to automate certain things. Uh, I think it's important to keep in the back of your mind, though, uh, you know, is this something that I should be automating, right? I think a lot of people default to automation because they want to be efficient. But there are certain things 
from a marketing standpoint and a sales standpoint that like you just can't automate. Okay, somebody has to do those things. So don't fall into the trap of trying to automate things just because you can. Uh, that doesn't always mean that it's the best way to do it. But a few of the things that come to mind, your email campaigns. One of the things, Toby, you talked about, you know, with MailChimp, Mail, MailChimp's free for up to 500. Most email providers that have a free option, one of the most important features that they pull out of free is their email automation sequences, being able to send out a set sequence of emails when somebody takes a specific action. Uh -huh. Sending out automated nurturing sequences through email is a great way to leverage your time. You know, so you had touched on, you know, what's that free thing that you're going to offer? Let's say in my case, right? One of the things we offer is a 90-day marketing plan template and walk you through how do you create your first 90-day marketing plan? Well, when you go to our website and you put your name and your email address in there, that goes into our email marketing and goes into an automated email sequence. That is a great way to leverage your time because you cannot do that stuff manually. Frankly, the automation does it far better than I could manually because it goes out exactly when it's supposed to. The information's consistent each and every time. That's a great way to automate. Another way to automate is your social media posting. You cannot automate the interaction. Somebody has to do that. But what you post on social media, you can automate that. There are tools out there. We use Promo Republic, but there's Buffer, Hootsuite. There's a ton of them that allow you to go in, create your post, and schedule them so that they go out at a specific time. That's a great, another great way to leverage and just, and plan. What do we want to post on social media this month or this week? Put it in, schedule it, and it's done. Um, content scheduling. So, you know, when you post, depending on what kind of content you're creating, uh, you know, some of the podcast hosts allow you to upload your content and then schedule it to go out at a certain time. Blog posts, you know, with, with WordPress, uh, which is a website building platform, you can create the, your post and schedule it to go out at a certain time. So there's a lot of things like that that you can automate so that things go out when they need to. I would just say don't fall into the trap of feeling like you need to automate everything. Follow up. <laughs> follow up because follow up, yeah. like you said, you can schedule your social media to go out on a regular consistent basis. Yeah. But if you don't actually go into those places, uh, your LinkedIn and your Facebook and, and Instagram and wherever it is you find your customers, uh, you're not going to get that interaction. That's just going to be more uh, wallpaper that passes by them and they're not going to notice yeah. if you're not there uh, following up. So uh, a lot of our customers, a lot of, general customers who are entrepreneurs and small business owners, their number one concern, I think, is attracting leads. So what steps would you recommend to attract more leads? So how I answer this is, uh, shouldn't be any surprise. It's going to be very strategic and not tactical. <clears throat> the first thing is you need to understand who your ideal clients are because everything from a marketing standpoint builds from that. It's like understanding who your ideal clients are is the difference between 
casting a line out into the ocean, just seeing what fish you catch and knowing that you're trying to catch trout and you just go down to the local trout farm and put your line in the water. You know, they're all there. There's a ton of them and you know exactly what kind of fish you're going to catch. That's the difference. That's why it's so important to first know who your ideal clients are. Once you know who your ideal clients are, then and only then can you create a message that is going to gain their attention and their interest. If you, if you know who you want to attract, but what you say to them doesn't grab their attention and interest, then anything you do from a tactical standpoint with your marketing is not going to work well. That's why these two steps are so, so important. The next thing, once you understand who they are, what you're going to say to them, you can then also create a list. One of my, one of my mentors said success starts with a list. You can create a list of where they are. Goes back to fishing in the ocean or fishing in the trout pond. Where are your ideal clients? When you create a list of where your ideal clients are, now you know exactly. It doesn't mean you're going to be in every one of those places, but you now have a list that's very targeted so you can fish where the fish are and get put your message in front of the right people to get them interested in what you do. If you get tactical, go on social media and post. Create a blog. Uh, do paid ads without having these things in place. It is like having a car with no gas. The fundamentals are the gas that fuel the tactics. That's why you have to start here. So Tim, uh, let's kind of stay on that train of thought because I think Shelly's right that most conversations we have with our, with prospective clients have to do with them. Uh, the best way to generate leads in the era that we're talking about today. So in your experience, what works best for converting suspects into prospects and then into clients? <laughs> okay. So um, again, I'm going to go strategic here. <laughs> First, you need to understand the problem that your suspects have that you can solve first and foremost, uh -huh. because you're never going to get them to engage with you if you don't talk about the problems that they have that you can solve. The problems are the hook that bring people in. Second, you can then communicate how you can help them solve that problem. Okay. They're looking for solutions. How do you solve that problem that makes them that makes you different from anybody else that they might be talking on, talk, talking to, right? And then the third is we need to paint the picture of what life looks like when they solve that problem with the solution that you have. That's how we're going to engage people with any tactic that we use. It doesn't matter. Now, I want to, some people are going, okay, well, this is great, but what's the tactic? <laughs> uh I'm going to tell you right now, any tactic can work. The easiest, lowest hanging fruit for people to start is look at what's already working in your business. Too many people are looking for the newest, greatest tactic before they've already optimized what's working in their business. If you have been in business for a while, you have existing and past customers, you have a lead generation channel that is working. I want you to look at that channel, look at all the steps, Break it down and look at where you have gaps and where you can do more of what's already working. Optimize what's already working before you start to jump into other channels. That's the fastest way to get leads because th that channel is already working for you. And if you, 
if you pour a little bit more gas on the match, all of a sudden you get better results. That's the fastest way to get results with marketing. Shelly, back to you. All right. Well, we've come to the end of our questions, but is there anything that we didn't touch on today that you would like to bring out right now? Boy, you, you guys asked a lot of questions. <clears throat> um, I would just say take action. Okay. You have to make a decision, right? Put a plan in place, take action and make course corrections along the way. Too many people get stuck battling that information overload and they don't make choices that they need to make to start moving forward. You're going to make mistakes. There is no perfect plan, but you got to just start taking action and make adjustments to your plan as you learn along the way. Excellent. Okay. So Toby has put up uh, Tim's website, Rialto Marketing. Is there anywhere else that you would like to direct our listeners, uh, perhaps your podcast or anywhere else? Uh, you know, our website is the best place to go. The, all the resources, our podcast is right there at that resources link. Um, it, all, all our social channels are down in the footer. If you do want to connect with me personally, the best place to go is on LinkedIn. And on LinkedIn, I'm at linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Tim P as in Paul Fitzpatrick. Um, if you're not sure what that next right step is, you can always just click the get a free consult button on our on our website. And I'd be happy to chat with you and give you some clarity there so that so that you can move forward with, with some confidence. And I do want to point out that I will, I have posted Tim's website in the chat room and also we will add it to the description box uh, for the show, whether it's a live stream or the um, video or the podcast. All right, shall I? And that's all we have for today. We really appreciate you taking the time to come and answer all of our questions, Tim, and uh, really get into the fundamentals so that the people who watch and listen this program can uh, take a look at their business and make those kinds of decisions and see if they're stuck and, and then reach out to Tim if, if you find that you do have too much information and you're not making enough decisions. Um, so we, we thank you for being with us today, Tim. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. I do want to point out to our audience that this is the first of 20 interviews with digital marketing professionals and experts, and sometimes both professionals and experts. Uh, and uh, we're going to be doing that over the next 20 weeks. So please join us to hear the various answers that we get from this variety of digital marketing professionals from different fields. I, I think you'll really enjoy the conversation. It's going to be consistent from show to show in terms of the questions we ask us. And again, as Shelley said, uh, Tim, thank you for joining us today. We look forward to continuing the conversations with you. Thank you for joining Messages and Methods Livecast Life 2.0 hosted by Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice. Please subscribe and leave a comment or question, and we'll consider your ideas for future shows. Share this podcast with your family and friends so they can learn about current digital marketing practices, too. Check the show notes for links and resources and please come back again next week.